We're going to kick off today's session with a conversation with Evangelo Simudis, founder and managing partner of Synapse Partners. Evangelos, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's get acquainted. Tell us about the fund's uh, investing focus, your background, what is you know, what size investments do you make? What kind of things do you like to uh, to dig into? So uh, I'm based in Silicon Valley, where uh, I've been here for about uh, 30 years now. Uh, where are you from? Originally from Greece. Uh, came to uh, the U.S. about 40 years ago to go to school uh, and ended up uh, staying. So uh, I worked, uh, started my career as, a, as an engineer. My, my PhD is in computer science and machine learning and uh, very large databases. Um, so uh, first... So your time has come. I'm sorry? Your time has come. Yeah. Well, uh, let's call it. This is the the second uh, the second spring, the AI spring that I'm participating in. Um, but uh, during the first spring, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, I was working in technology and did my first startup. Uh, came to the valley uh, 1990 and um, worked in startups and in uh, large corporations. And then 2000, I, uh, I moved over and became a partner at Apex Partners, which was a private equity and venture capital firm at that time. Uh, then um, moved to Trident Capital. In about two and a half years ago, uh, we started uh, we started Synapse. Um, and at, at Synapse, we invest uh, exclusively in uh, early stage startups that um, develop enterprise applications that combine uh, big data with uh, AI-based uh, data exploitation uh, technology. So we're not looking only at machine learning, but other, um, other AI technologies that, yep. can, uh, uh, that can take advantage of data and can provide, can convert uh, data to insights. So, how big is the fund? So we're, we're investing. Uh, so we have a very interesting structure in that we we're investing both private money and, and we're also collaborating with uh, a number of uh, corporations. So the um, the structure that I wanted to to give to Synapse is uh, came out of my experience both as an entrepreneur but also as a, as an investor with more traditional um, institutional venture uh, firms. And um, we're essentially, there are three pillars to, to what we do. Uh, the first is, uh, as I said, we, we focus exclusively on a particular sector uh, around big data and AI. And um, we, we invest in both horizontal and, and vertical applications. And, and with regards to the vertical applications, we look at three industries, um, automotive and by extension transportation, uh, financial services, and telco. Um, mm -hmm. Second pillar is that in order to execute on this um, vertical industry focus, we partner um, uh, quite closely with corporations in, from these three industries. And, and when I say we partner, um, we, we not only co-invest, but but we spend considerable amount of time with 
top executives uh, from the CEO on down uh, in these corporations that, that are our corporate partners mm-hmm. and um, uh, try, try, try to understand what are strategic problems they have which can be addressed through the application of, of mm-hmm. and, and AI. Um, and about, I would say today, about 60% of our investment thesis are coming through these interactions. The, the third pillar is that uh, we maintain a, a, a quite significant database of startups that work in these areas that we invest in. So our database today has about 5,000 startups that, that we track, and track many different attributes of, uh, of those startups. And um, we try, in a sense, we, we try to, to, to uh, practice what we preach, and we constantly analyze that data to, uh, to identify important uh, investment opportunities. So um, at least uh, 70% of the investments, uh, we have a portfolio today of uh, 15 companies uh, we've had uh, we've made 17 investments uh, as a as a fund, um, and we've had two exits so far. But of the 15 active uh, portfolio companies, at least half uh, came, we identified through analysis of this database. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you didn't answer my question about the fund size. What uh, what size funds are we talking, and what size checks are we talking? I think your, the second part of your question is, is more, is more uh, important. Uh, so we, we start, um, uh, first of all, we invest in, in uh, early stage companies that, are, that have a little bit of revenue. So we like to see uh, some um, uh, proof uh, for, uh, of revenue, some proof of the solution that the uh, companies are uh, developing uh, is, is being accepted. By the, what is a little bit of revenue? Are we talking, in SaaS terms, are we talking $10,000 MRR? Are we talking $100,000 MRR? Where are we? So, so the, the investments that we have made uh, tended to have uh, initial revenue from 200000 to a $1 million when we came in. Annual? Uh, annual, yes. And now, annual, okay. Okay. Depending on... Um, uh, depending on the sector, uh, this revenue may be licensed revenue or initially may be NRE revenue. So if you think of your, in the automotive uh, area, for example, where we have a, a significant number of investments um, in the autotech sector, uh, it, is, it, it takes uh, quite a few months for an automaker or a tier one supplier to sign a license contract with a long sales cycle. Right. So, um, but uh, in the intervening time, uh, they are willing, these companies are doing uh, larger and larger pilots and, and other projects with, with, a, uh, with a startup. So, let's give you an example. Um, we invested in a company called Divergent 3D. Uh, it is a, an LA-based company that has developed a, a manufacturing, a data-driven manufacturing system for producing um, large components of automobiles uh, using 3D printing. Um, that company recently received a $100 million round um, and 
two rounds, hundred million, their third round, um, and and they're they're still working on larger and larger contracts. Now their contracts are multi-million dollar contracts now, but they're they're still project-based uh, contracts for the OEMs that they're working with. So this is so your business. What I'm hearing is is not necessarily a software as a service revenue model business. You see a lot of large deals that are not necessarily recurring revenue deals? Well, um, uh, again, uh, this is, uh, it depends on the industry and this is, it depends on whether the the company is a a horizontal application or a vertical application, and if it's a vertical application, which industry it is working on. So I'll give you a couple of other examples. We've invested in a company called Topox, Missouri-based, startup that is using uh, machine learning and data in order to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, focus the, uh, reprioritize the sales pipeline of enterprises. In their mm-hmm. case, um, again, it's, it's a recurring revenue model, uh, traditional, uh, yep. you know, subscription, uh, subscription model. So again, but that's an inter-horizontal application. So, so it really depends on on the on the industry. So we come in at this level and and we write uh, anywhere from hundreds to um, low hundreds uh, uh, initial initial check, and then we we don't take a board seat. Um, so we we tend to work with uh, syndicates of investors that that we know, and again the. The fact that um, uh, I've been in the Valley as an investor for many years, that, that helps a lot in, in uh, uh, both uh, being invited into certain syndicates, but also creating syndicates. Um, Do you and, lead deals? Uh, we don't. We don't. Uh, you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that, uh, again, um, I, I've been in the business for a long time, and, and this time around I felt that uh, I do not want to be on, on boards. Uh, in a few companies, I take a, a stronger advisory role. We also have a very strong advisory board in the firm, and our advisors are also getting very involved with our portfolio companies. Uh, it's interesting because you're saying that you do extensive analysis of the companies to find investment opportunities. Um, so how how does it work? Do you initiate conversations with them, and then you bring your syndicate together and somebody else, you recruit the lead investor, or how does it work? It, it, it varies. Um, so uh, we, we typically um, uh, start a conversation uh, with one or more companies in a particular sector, either because we hear for some of our partners or of some of our um, uh, advisory board that this is an area that we need to be, to be looking at, uh, also, because of uh, my own background, uh, I, I tend to have certain ideas of, of areas that I want to, to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we start these conversations, and then uh, if, if there is a uh, if the uh, if the management team is already talking to uh, other investors, uh, we we are introduced and 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 work together. Other times we. We bring together a, a syndicate and uh, okay. them our diligence. Fair enough. 
And uh, so what what kind of check sizes are we talking about? Low hundreds to? Um, maybe half a million. Okay, got it. So um, let's talk a little bit more about the portfolio companies. Let's actually talk about the two that you talked about that have exited already. And uh, give us a window into what kind of company they were and what what attracted you to them and what stage did they come to you at? And I like to do this just to understand how um, the investor guests we have uh, on this forum, how they think about their investments. So I think it's, it provides a lot of insight to see what they've invested in and why. So um, because we, we look at early stage companies, um, initially what we consider is Number one, how um, what is the problem that is being solved, and how mm -hmm. relevant is this problem to uh, one or more of the investment pieces that we have? Uh, and and as I said, uh, we we formulate these investment pieces both by interacting deeply with our uh, corporate partners as well as with our uh, own advisory board. Mm -hmm. um, and the the thing that we look at is um, the, the type of intellectual property that the company is developing in order to address the, the problem uh, that, that they're solving. So, um, uh, and again, uh, we, both members of my advisory board as well as myself, we get very involved in, in trying to understand what, what, is the, what is the hard IP that is being developed here. So we talked earlier about uh, divergent, uh, again, the, the hard IP is uh, both identifying what type of alloys to, to introduce into these structures that mm -hmm. they're making, as well as how to design the structures in order to uh, have the, to, to provide safety in the vehicles that, where the structures mm -hmm. be uh, incorporated. So data and AI play a very, very important role. Mm -hmm. in very hard problem view. It's almost like dealing with fractal geometry uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, in, in that space. But if you go back to, you asked about the, the companies that have already exited. So um, the one company was doing, um, uh, uh, was developing a, a reporting tool that was, uh, that was using um, artificial intelligence and knowledge about queries that have been asked in a, in a data warehouse to, um, to create, to, to automatically create the right query and optimize it, right? So that meant that uh, novice uh, uh, business analysts that wanted to, to interact with a data warehouse can, uh, can create uh, very sophisticated queries without really understanding what's going on uh, behind it. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the second, uh, and this was acquired by, uh, by Box, um, the second company uh, was, a, was a security, uh, you can call it security analytics company. And um, again, uh, this, uh, the, the, we invested in them because of what we heard from uh, three of our telco corporate partners, which is that they, they wanted a, a very flexible way of um, uh, uh, looking through 
the security alerts that they're getting into their corporate networks, and, and as you can imagine, a global telco may be getting millions of alerts per day. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so they wanted uh, ways to, to do that both effectively uh, and uh, uh, relatively inexpensively, because in order to capture the data to analyze for those alerts, they end up spending a lot in storage, as you can, as you can imagine. So, so this, uh, this company, again, had developed this, this type of a, of a solution, um, and uh, they had already deployed it with three customers. Uh, we've introduced them to additional customers, and um, early this year were acquired by FireEye. Um, so, so uh, again, what we, in, in both of those cases, uh, initially what attracted us was the IP that was being developed. Uh, eventually, also, we got convinced that the team that they had was really had the, 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 the right characteristics. They, they were hungry entrepreneurs. They were... Um, did they have a pilot already underway, a paid pilot already underway when you got involved? They, they did. In, in, uh, yeah. in, in the first case, uh, they had um, uh, two customers for their uh, early customers for their solution. In the second case, they had four or five customers, um, some smaller, some larger, but, but we could see that uh, in, in both cases, both how the, the IP is working uh, but also what else needed to be done and how the money will be spent and, and the like. So how did the acquisition come about? So, and, and I'll give you a bit of context about where I'm going with this question. You know, uh, it sounds like you are open, you and your syndicate partners that you work with are open to relatively early acquisitions. You're not trying to go for this unicorn kinds of companies. And I happen to believe that that's great because I think there are many, many, many more opportunities out there that are, you know, mid-sized opportunities, smaller opportunities of building, you know, very interesting, very compelling companies solving very interesting problems, but they don't necessarily have multi-billion dollar TAMs to build these, you know, unicorn types of ventures. But one thing that I've heard from a number of uh, investors who are, following this strategy of not necessarily chasing unicorns but are okay with early exits is they try to develop deep corporate relationships so that the acquisitions, they have some window into what they're doing and who might be interested in acquiring those companies. So I guess that's where my question comes from is it's, you seem to have very deep corporate relationships. You seem to have an interest in you know, relatively early acquisitions. What how do these acquisitions come about, and what relationships do you have with these acquirers? So, first of all, I should say that having built a couple of and sold a couple of startups myself, uh, as well as having been an investor now for coming on 20 years, um, that that built certain know-how, certain experience, which influences decisions. Okay. Yeah. You invest in early stage um, companies. Uh, particularly if these companies are going after relatively new markets, you do not know whether the market will materialize uh, in, in the way that every VC is thinking about, you know, large multi-billion dollar market with huge exits, or whether it's going to be something more modest. Okay, so uh, early stage investing uh, requires agility 
that uh, other types of investing do not. So uh, we've always been, uh, even when I was with my, with my other firms, uh, we've always been looking at uh, when, does, when does the company have the potential to go and, and become big and, and execute properly and capture uh, a, a significant part of a, of a large market and when a company, either because of its execution inability or because of the market that it's operating in or because of competition, it can never reach the potential that you initially thought it could reach when you were making the initial investment. That also means that um, the, uh, the, the, the management team, the founding team, and eventually the management team needs to be in sync with the investors Right, so a, a lot of times, as I said, we, we start looking at a company uh, around the IP that they're developing, the, the, the problem they're solving, uh, but eventually and certainly before we invest, we, we vet the, the, the founding team and the broader management team quite well because we need to, to understand how flexible are they. they we've met companies that um, you know, they want to be unicorn without really understanding yeah. whether they can be a unicorn. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We see that too, yep. And, and, and we also uh, bring together, again, we, uh, once we, we feel happy with, a, with, with our understanding of the management team, we do the same thing with the syndicate, right? So we need to make sure that uh, the, the investors that we work with um, are really of the same mindset. I can I really can can demonstrate and have exhibited the kind of flexibility and, and agility that I I was referring to. So so there is a there is a lot of science and art that go on into selecting the right management team and selecting the right co-investment partners before you go into this. Uh, the last comment I will make is that while we do have these very deep relations with our corporate partners, in these two particular cases, uh, the exit did not happen to one of our corporate partners, but by mm -hmm. other companies. And again, that, that's, that's important for every good VC uh, needs to have a, a multitude of relations. Uh, that they bring to bear as they uh, into into their portfolio. So, but I will give you other examples. So we, we have a um, we have a portfolio company called Renovo, also from the uh, auto automotive technology. So Renovo has developed a, an operating system that uses again AI to um, uh, predict uh, and to fuse all the data that is coming from the sensors of autonomous vehicles. And there are hundreds of sensors in autonomous vehicles, so you're talking about yep. you know, very large quantities of data. Um, uh, so they have received uh, a, a, an investment from two of our corporate uh, partners, uh, Verizon and Samsung, and um, they, they have uh, developed uh, you know, also working relations with, with those with partnerships with, with those corporations. So, so, um, uh, so we always try to, to do that matching, and because of the deep understanding that we have of the problems that our corporate partners are trying to address, uh, we're not only able to make new investments, but more importantly, we're able to materially help the portfolio companies 
in, uh, in their mission. So it sounds to me, if I were to synthesize what I've heard from you, is your relationships are more with the corporates who are either co-investing with you or becoming early customers of your portfolio companies, not necessarily with the acquirers, and the acquirers come, are coming as you go along and, and develop the businesses. I mean, for, for us, the, um, when we select uh, corporate partners, it is important to, to, to identify companies that are thought leaders in the spaces and in the industries that, that we want to work on because we feel that it's through these thought leaders that we will find the, the hard and important problems that need to be solved. And as I said, we don't, um, uh, we don't invest in companies for, that address every single problem we hear about. We, we, uh, we, we hear from our corporate partners about a multitude of problems that, where data can play a role, but then we have to apply our own filters, we use our advisory board, we use our own other networks to, to identify the subset of those uh, problems that have the potential to, to, to have big impact, right? So because yeah. we don't want to invest in a company that solves the problem of just one corporation, right? You, you want to invest in companies, in startups that, that solve problems that are important to, to a big. So I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, we recently invested in a company called Humanizing Autonomy out of the UK. Uh, again, mm -hmm. we don't invest all in the US because we don't take board seats, we, we, look, at, uh, we look at investments globally. Uh, so we have investments in Israel, in Germany, in the UK, and in several parts of, of the United States. So in this particular case, you know, again, when we when we started looking at at uh, humanizing autonomy, the the problem that they were trying to address is predict uh, pedestrian behavior, uh, and that's an important problem in automated vehicles, not only autonomous but broadly automated vehicles. But as it turns out, it's also a very important problem. Uh, to uh, other forms of transportation, so uh, buses and uh, 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 light rail systems and, and, and airplanes, because, again, the idea of how a pedestrian behaves, uh, mm -hmm. where they are boarding an airplane or whether they're boarding a, a bus or, uh, or they interact with a, with a light rail system and obviously and ultimately with an autonomous vehicle, uh, are, are big problems. So now, whereas initially we thought that the market would be kind of like this much, by the time that we finished our diligence, we determined that the market would be, you know, much, much mm -hmm. larger because there are all these other opportunities. Great. So it's also interesting that you said that you're investing globally. That's That's been completely consistent with what we are doing, so that's a good fit. Um, I will uh, ask you, uh, one last question, which is um, before we start the entrepreneur pitch session. Um, my last question to you would be, what trends are you seeing, and, and specifically in the AI deal flow, in the kinds of verticals that you are working with, what are the trends? Uh, yeah, um, so uh, I, I would say that um, to, a, to a certain extent, um, it is uh, all over the map, right? So um, we we continue to see uh, we continue.
continue to see significant interest in uh, next generation mobility technology and technologies. You know, so it's not only about um, uh, creating autonomous vehicles, but um, also um, uh, monetizing that, uh, that autonomy. So uh, right now, in fact, uh, autonomy monetization is one of the investment pieces that we are actively pursuing. We've made one investment so far in a company called Safegraph, uh, and we're looking at, um, at additional um, opportunities. Um, we continued, so as we get into, um, uh, in, into these larger scale data sets and, and more applications uh, of, uh, of automation, uh, we're starting to see a variety of robotic uh, applications mm -hmm. um, for, uh, for, for several industries. Um, and, and then, um, again, the, the harder AI problems around natural language processing, natural language understanding, uh, computer vision. So one, the main reason we invested in humanizing autonomy is because in the process of solving this uh, pedestrian predicting pedestrian behavior and understanding pedestrian behavior, they really have to solve a, a hard computer vision problem. Mm -hmm. and so the bet is that if they solve it, then, then that, that's going to be a, a big reward. But it's also a big risk uh, type, of an op uh, type of an opportunity. Um, we continue to also see companies uh, that um, uh, want to, to automate uh, parts of the, or, or the, enti the entirety of the uh, predictive model creation process, which is becoming harder and harder as companies are realizing that there aren't as many data scientists as they will want to hire, but also as the data sets are becoming larger and more complex, you know, higher velocity, higher dimensionality, uh, lower quality, um, automating parts of that process uh, becomes uh, maybe even in, a, in an industry-specific way uh, mm -hmm. important. So, so we've invested so far in, in two companies. Uh, we've invested in a company called Paxata. We've invested also in a company called Ecasi, uh, both here in Silicon Valley. Um, but we're looking at additional, uh, at additional opportunities. Uh, and finally, uh, look, cybersecurity uh, remains a, a global problem. Uh, uh, some, some aspects of it are domain dependent. So we're looking, um, I mean, again, we talk about autonomous vehicles. They will yeah. need to be protected. Absolutely. Uh, we've invested in a company called Namogu out of Israel um, that is using, again, big data to address a specific aspect of, of security. Uh, we're looking. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise in that space, but again, it's a, it's a big problem. It's a big space. Great. Well, very interesting conversation. You obviously have a lot of deep uh, insights into AI, and and it's uh, we are hearing from every corner of our universe. We are here hearing AI in its various different shapes and forms. So it's it's been a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your Thank thoughts. You. And nice to meet you, Evangelos. Bye. Thank you.